Gavacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk is sponsored by Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy is an alternative to the sugary energy drinks that can make you get a boost of energy and crash quickly, while also putting a ton of sugar into your body. Rogue Energy comes in four unique product lines best suit your personal needs. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy focus and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers focus ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime you're thirsty. Finally, their shake formula is a delicious zero-calorie energy milkshake. The thing that also makes Rogue Energy unique from other powdered drinks is that it dissolves really well, and you won't find any chalky textures in their drink. With over 10 different players to choose from, we at Coda Sports Gambling Network definitely recommend Rogue Energy. Go to their website, rogueenergy.com, and use the promo code CODA, that's K-O-T-A, to receive 10% off your order. Again, rogueenergy.com, and use the promo code CODA, K-O-T-A. What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gavacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your hosts, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution. Brilliant. Landon Donovan. There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to another episode of Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk, brought to you by Coda Capper's Sports Gambling Network. We have a lot of stuff planned for you guys again uh, this week. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit different. Uh, we're going to start off with the first segment. We're going to have Dan Angel in here. Uh, we're going to get his thoughts on the uh, the U.S. men's national team roster that was released just today. And then also get some of uh, his picks along with mine for some of the weekend soccer action. And then you all need to stay tuned for the second segment because back by popular demand, we're doing another Fireball Friday, y'all. This one is going to get extra wild. It's a little game that we're going to play with Corey and myself with the roster that involves drinking. So that should be something that we think you guys are going to love. Absolutely. So make sure to stay tuned for that. But like I said, this week, we're going to kick it off with Dan. So I'm going to bring Dan in here. Thank you all so much for, for tuning in once again. All right, then um, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring in uh, Dan. Uh, Dan, how are you doing today? Um, well, a little bit um, exhausted after a um, five-hour drive um, from last night's um, Maxion game, but I'm good. Yeah, how'd that go for you? Oh, my gosh. Um, that was one of the craziest games that I've seen in a while. 99 points combined. That that Kent State offense was just something else to see in person. Oh, yeah, I mean, Mac and the Mac football uh, defense is kind of optional most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It seems, it seems like when they start playing on the weeknights, too, it's just like they just really want to bring out the best, you know, mm-hmm. best show. Yeah. And Kent State, um, I think eight, I think all of their scoring drives were two minutes or less. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, it's fun to see, you know, especially as an Iowa fan, 
where you know if we score 14 points we're you know that, ready that's to call over, ourselves national championship that's over <laughs> an entire half <laughs> yeah if you're lucky yeah i know last two games we scored seven so i mean shit uh all right so the uh the uh, United States men's national team roster was dropped this morning. Um, just wondering if you have any any thoughts about that. Um, I mean, I honestly wonder um, how Christian Roldan keeps making this roster because, <laughs> I mean, he just seems to, like, I mean, I love um, having him for the Sounders, but he just doesn't really seem to contribute much of anything on the international level. So I don't know. It's just a it's just a weird situation. I mean, I guess Burhalter thinks that he's a good team guy to have in there, but I mean, I'm I'm not really sure on the um, that that's um, the right move um, when the U.S. really needs to come out of um, these on um, um, these upcoming games with thumbs and points. I mean, facing Mexico at home, they've got to be thinking that they need to get three points there because. The last time out, they managed to lose that game to Mexico on American soil, and it was a harbinger for everything that Dom came with on the U.S. missing out. Yeah, it's it's puzzling to say the least. Uh, you know, the big four, and the big four being Kellen Acosta, Sebastian Lejet, Christian Roldan, and Paul Ariola, uh, <laughs> that they just continue, you know, to underperform um, and continue to get picked. And, you know, from the roster there, you know, there's a starting 11 in there. That's, that's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. After that, you know, you start running into some issues. And, and so if those four guys are there, you kind of like what you said, just to be the veteran presence and keep the guys focused or whatever, you know, I mean, these guys are all professional, even, if, even if they're 18 years old, you know, they've been professionals for a while, but if they don't get on the field, then then great. But I, I mean, I have a really bad feeling that next Friday we're going to see a lineup come out that is going to feature at least two of them, you know, two of those four. And it's uh spells disaster, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it it's very possible. And, I mean, if Berhalter wants to go down that uh, road, then he opens himself up to a lot of criticism if the U.S. doesn't get a result. Now – if it ends up working out and they get three points, then all this is going to be forgotten. But there's now a ton of pressure on the U S to get this result um, against Mexico that they didn't really need to add um, to their situation because they've had a hard enough um, time getting on wins. some specifically turning draws into wins and they're starting to get to the um, point where they need to separate themselves from the lesser teams and they need to make sure that they're taking care of business when they have opportunities. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think if, if we were to lose to Mexico next Friday, we start looking at a situation that's, it's pretty scary and it's starting to almost remind us of 2017 because uh, I mean, right now, including the, the Mexico game on Friday, we got eight games left in this qualifying, and really four of them are completely uh, losable games, that being Mexico home, Mexico away, at Costa Rica, where the United States national team has never even gotten a point, I believe, Yeah. Uh, and then at Canada. I, I mean, if we were to lose all four, 
you're looking yeah, at having to get really dicey. Yeah, having to get three points from the other four games where at least two of them are on the road, I think. Uh, it, it's You just can't – we just can't be in that situation. And I know that some guys are hurt again, but it, it's, just, it's just crazy. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, I mean, the schedule does set up well for the U.S. to do some damage in the next storm window when they get um, El Salvador and Honduras both at home. But, I mean, as we've seen, you can't really assume that you're going to get anything um, out of road matches matches in CONCACAF. Um, I mean, the first podcast, we all thought um, that the U.S. should easily get a result um, against El Salvador. Maybe it wasn't going to be a huge result, but 1-0, 2-0, that seemed incredibly reasonable. And instead, they only came out with one point. And moving forward... I mean, those road matches, even against the lesser sides, they can still be incredibly tricky. And any point that the U.S. leaves on the pitch could really come back to bite them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, to put like panic mode on red alert, like if if we were to lose to Mexico at home, you got Jamaica sitting there on five points is all right. But they're only three points off qualifying or uh, at least qualifying for the the playoff against another mm-hmm. region uh and they, they called in antonio again they called in a bunch of the championship guys and in, in premier league guys last time antonio backed out um he, did, he decided not to travel or whatever but i mean i think both these games are in jamaica this window so you look at the, the kind of pressure that would be on the united states the national team if they lose to Mexico and then have to go to Jamaica and possibly face a team that's kind of like they, they played bad uh, the first 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 two windows and they're still not in a terrible position you know I mean if they could if they have Antonio and they have a couple other guys that that haven't been playing then I mean yeah it could really be a disaster for Greg Berhalter <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean um that so Jamaica, their first match show them in this window is at El Salvador, but mm. I mean that's that's still a very winnable situation um, for them. Right. I mean El Salvador, I think is pretty. It's pretty clear is just making up the numbers. Um, I mean obviously they're a little bit um, tougher at home, but they're still very beatable at home. Yeah. So if Jamaica does get a result there, and the U.S. is coming in off of a um, off of a draw or, um, God forbid, a loss to Mexico, then, as, as you said, the U.S. is in a pressure situation. And, I mean, these guys are going to have to face a pressure situation at some point, but you want that to be, okay, let's um, get this some result in Mexico to seal up qualification, and if we don't get it, we still have another chance as opposed to, okay, now we've really got to get the some win at Jamaica to stay in on the position we're in and not have to make up points down the road. Right. Yeah. And because, and that's too, because like, you know, Canada has looked, has looked there a point behind us uh, because they've drawn four games, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, they've looked good. They, they've taken the game, you know, they did it in the gold cup as well where they, they take the game to Mexico. They're, they're not just scared to play against Mexico just because it's Mexico. And I know we beat Mexico twice in the summer, but I mean, 
it, it's a different ball game when it's World Cup qualifying and the six games that Mexico's played, they've looked good in yeah. all of them, you know. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, let's just hope for the best, I guess. That... And honestly, even though the standings <laughs> right now say that we're in second and Canada is in third, in my mind, I think um, that that psalm flipped because Canada has already been to both the Azteca and to um, American soil, and they've gotten out with two points some in those matches. They they get to host both us and the Mexicans um, later on in this something. So I think Canada is in a better position than the U.S. is, and the U.S. has got to come up with um, probably – at least four, hopefully six, um, in this window to really set themselves apart from the lesser sides and start to create some separation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that road game against Canada is in that end of January, early February. Oh, wow. Where are they going to play that game? <laughs> um, they haven't announced it yet. Um, I would guess, um, I mean, based, based off where Canada has tended um, to play their games, I would guess it'll either be at um, BMO Field or in Edmonton. Right. Like, I think um, the, I think they'll prefer Toronto because that's where they tend to play most of their matches. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. they, are, they are playing Costa Rica and um, Edmonton this coming window, which is probably aimed at – Costa Rica having to go deep into Alberta in the <laughs> um, at this point of the year, like right. good luck, guys. Yeah, yeah. Either either place is going to be pretty pretty chilly. So I mean, that's that's yeah. going to be a real interesting game. Yeah, but I mean, the U.S. Um, the U.S. at least is probably the best equipped team to survive a um, Canadian winner on um, match. So I don't think that's going to play too much of a role. Um, because I mean. Heck, pointing at um, Christian Roldan, he's um, played in a frigid MLS Cup um, final at um, BMO Field. So that might be um, something that um, leads to him getting picked again next time because (laughs) he's had that experience. Right, yeah. And and then just like one one final thing uh, before moving on to our picks. Uh, You and I did uh, an MLS uh, thing last week. where, you know, I don't know if you remember everything that we said, but I mean, we were pretty wrong. And one thing I wanted to kind of cover that that we didn't even bring up is like the very strong possibility that the Colorado Rapids are going to end up being the number one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They host um, LAFC, who kind of a... scuffed it a little bit i guess and uh there's you know they're sitting on the outside right now they they're still have the possibility but colorado hosts them uh they're on 58 casey's on 58 seattle is in first right now 59 seattle yeah. has to go to vancouver seattle Our i mean sorry yeah home away from home so you feel pretty confident that they'll get three points out of that one yeah i mean like i don't know what it is but Whenever we see Vancouver, we just seem to play our best game. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it, I mean, Portland is a real rivalry. Vancouver is pretty much just the team that we, the team up north that we um just beat whenever we play them. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pretty comfortable um and have have been for a while um betting 
Seattle to win to nil and usually cashing. Like looking at the um, results here, um, last time Vancouver got a goal, but it finished four to one. And Seattle has actually won. Let's see. I need to go back here. Yeah. Vancouver hasn't um, actually beaten the Sounders since um, 2017. Right. It's. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, let's see if I can count correctly. Eight, eight of the past um, 10 meetings have been um, Sounders win and the other two have been draws. So, no, I'm, I'm not worried about going to Vancouver. <laughs> All right, then. So, I mean, if Seattle can take care of business, they'll win on points. I yeah. uh, won't have to go any tiebreakers. Uh, yeah. KC does host uh, Real Salt Lake, who's uh, also right now on the outside looking in. They need a win to get in. Mm-hmm. KC, it seems like, you know, they should be favored in that game, but uh, a team that just last night got destroyed uh, in Austin. I, you know, I yeah. have no confidence ever now. Yeah, that, that I don't know where that came from. I mean, because Austin just, like, I mean, Austin's been a decent home side, so mm-hmm. at least there's that. But Austin had nothing to play for. Like, there's no excuse for sporting. And that really worries me as far as, like um as a better i mean as a fan that throws me because <laughs> i don't want to see i don't want to see sporting in the playoffs but as a better that really worries me as far as um picking sporting to do much of anything because we've now seen they have the potential to make on the mls cup they could just as easily get picked off in that first match right yeah it's just uh, you talked about the MLS wanting to have parity and, and the results from last weekend and the games that were played during this week, it, it shows a ton of parity and yeah. it'd be really hard to kind of pinpoint any team other than I guess uh, New England, you know, as who's going to have a run there in the MLS cup playoffs. And I mean, even New England, um, like if they come up against um, the wrong opponent, like it could all end pretty quickly, right. so yeah, and single elimination. Like you, yeah, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be exciting. Let's just uh, go ahead and move on then uh, to our picks for the weekend. All right, I'm gonna start in the Premier League. Uh, I gotta say too, I'm I'm glad to to get back to league play after this uh, these last three days um, with Champions League and Europa League today. There's not a ton of data, so I can't really plug it into any sort of formulas. And man, I just did terribly. So I was happy when I was getting these ready that I could plug these uh, <laughs> all these uh, stats that are out there on different websites and, and come up with something that hopefully hopefully gets me out of the rut I'm in betting. Uh, uh, the first one I'm going to go for, uh, Arsenal is hosting Watford. Uh, the bet I'm going to play on that is uh, both teams to score as a yes. Uh, the reason being at home, uh, Arsenal is averaging 1.8 goals a game, but also giving up 1.2. Watford uh, on the road, uh, uh, similar numbers. They get over a goal and a half a game, but they're conceding about one and a half goals per game. So that one going uh, both teams to score, yes. And then I'm going to combine that with I'm going to take the West Ham double chance. They're hosting Liverpool in like, uh, this actually goes against most of the numbers. Every single game Liverpool's played in the Premier League so far, they've either won 
very easily or they've tied in like a high scoring game. But I just feel like I think West Ham is kind of showing and this might just be like a homer thing that I feel, but so it might end up screwing me, but like they just I feel like they're showing that they're a top four type team, like a team that might make the Champions League. And I think this will be kind of like a statement game for them, but I don't have a ton of confidence <laughs> in them. So I will go with the double chance, but those two combined brings you to plus 271. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense is, yeah, West Ham seems to really be getting disrespected here. Um, I mean, they've played pretty well this season. And yeah, I think there's definitely a good chance that they can get something out of this match. And Arsenal Watford, I think you're reading that very well in Arsenal. They last last time out against Watford um, was a five goal affair, three to two. The time before that was um, two apiece. Neither team really has that great of a defense. So, yeah, I think um, the both the score bet um, has a really good dumb chance in this one. I'm going to go with a both the score of my own. And this is going to be. Uh, Southampton against Aston Villa because these teams tend to put up a lot of goals against each other. Three of their um, past um, five matches have been at least four goals scored. And Southampton won all won all three of them, 4-3, 3-1, and 4-2. So, yeah, I think I'm taking Southampton in both the score here, which, let's see, um, comes out at plus 275, holds a lot of value. Yeah, it's a... It's a big number. Yeah. Looking at the table, they're like uh, right next to each other. Um, but that kind of nod, you tend to go with the with the uh, home side on that. So, yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. And I, I think Southampton is a little bit better than its record has shown on this year. I mean, the offense has been a little bit less than um, you would um, expect from this kind of team. But I think the goals are coming, and I think um, Villa's defense leaves a fair amount to be desired. They're giving up almost two goals a game, so I think um, that this will be a spot where Southampton can break out a bit. Sounds great, man. Um, for my next one, I'm going to head over to La Liga uh, in Spain. Um, I am going to take Real Madrid. They're at home versus Rayo Vallecano. Um I'm taking the Real money line. Um, reasoning behind that is my Cano has had that like a pretty pretty solid year as far as like a, a middle table team in La Liga does. Uh, but uh, their home and road numbers are, are pretty drastic. Uh, they're very good at home, uh, very poor um, away. So I'm going with that one. I'm going to combine it with I'm going to bet a straight draw <laughs> on the Mallorca um, versus Elche game. Um, if you just kind of look at all the games that they both these teams have played this year, uh, they they keep it tight. I think Mallorca got blew out one time um, by Real Madrid. Uh, Elche hasn't really gotten blown out. Mallorca's been getting results in like the sense of ties. Uh, Elche has been, you know, <clears throat> losing games, uh, but but keeping them close or keeping them tight. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a chance and just bet that draw, and um, those two plays together uh, get me up to plus three twenty four. It's a good number, and yeah, uh, Mallorca, their past three against um, Elche 
they've all been draws. Two one ones on the on past two, and then the previous one was a scoreless draw. So yeah, I think that there's a lot to like about um, combining those plays, and yeah, I think that that all makes a lot of sense. All right, um, I'm gonna stay in the Premier League for mine, and. I'm going to go with Manchester City to win and under three and a half goals some in this one against Manchester United. For whatever reason, these teams tend to play better in each other's um, stadium. <laughs> so um, coming to Old Trafford, um, I think four, four of the past six um, visits to Old Trafford, um, City has left on um, with the points. So they also tend to play lower scoring on um, matches. Um, out of their past five, one was a scoreless draw, and the other four were all two goals or less. So I think that um, the defenses will carry the day here. I do want um, a little bit of insurance um, against both teams to score. So I'm going to go um, City to win and under three and a half um, at plus 170. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like that I said on the show, you know, United is like – they're on like a you know a, a direct course for for having kind of a disastrous season during midweek on the in Champions League. Uh, Ronaldo once again pulled the rabbit out of his hat and and got a late goal for for them just to draw Atalanta. And uh, uh, you know I think United won last week in the Premier League, but I mean before that it's been a disaster. So yeah, I I think Manchester City is the the much much better team. Mm-hmm. And uh, they rested. They rested most of their guys uh, in their game. And right. so, I mean, yeah, they're going to be going for it for sure. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense because, I mean, this this is easily the biggest match on the calendar for their fans. So, yeah, they had to be ready to play this one. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, bright and early on Saturday morning. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> they play those games early, I guess, because uh, – saw during the Euro finals of like how out of hand the hooligans get that. So that's like why they always play those derby games real early for us. And it's like afternoon there. They don't want everybody yeah. drinking all day. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably, that's probably true. My next one, I'm going to go to uh, Italy, Syria. Uh, I'm going to take, this one is going to get, this is a, another two leg parlay. Uh, it's going to get a, really big number it's it's a bit of a stretch but i still have positive feelings about it uh i'm gonna take the venezia at home uh double chance versus roma my thinking in that is is that venezia it, i watch a lot of their games i you know i've always been a Gianluca Busio, uh a supporter and you could kind of tell that this team is one of those teams that they play up to the level of their opponents they don't always win they usually don't you know uh, they actually usually lose right right at the right at the end an extra time or something and Roma is definitely a team uh, Mourinho just seems like he's not having a great time out there uh, to this point uh, and they, they kind of play down to their team so um, you know I don't have enough confidence to just say that Venezia could just outright win but I, I definitely could see them drawing or possibly winning um, at home versus Roma and then I'm gonna double that with a straight money line on the Milan uh, derby. I'm going to take AC Milan. Um, they have been as dominant as Napoli uh, so far 
in Syria. I think their number on the money line is is so high as at home plus two hundred just by itself. I think I think based on how they played in the Champions League, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy how well they played in Syria and how poor how poorly they're playing so far in Champions League. And Inter's kind of reversed. They Inter's right behind them in third place, uh, but seven points back. Uh, but Inter has looked really, really, really good uh, in Champions League. So I think that might have something to do with why the line is what it is. Those two together gets all the way up to plus 605. Yeah, that's a pretty good payout. I think the I think on the other reason why this line is where it is, is that Inter has um, had AC Milan's number on the past few years. So um, the past um, seven matches so um, between the sides, Inter has won six of them. But yeah, I mean, based on the form that they've shown this season, I think that that makes a lot of sense to um, back AC Milan here. And yeah, I think that's a um, solid payout. All right. I'm going to go over to the Bundesliga for mine. And I am going to be backing Borussia Dortmund to win against Erbe Leipzig. And let's see what number that's at right now. Um, plus 240. And this this is just a straight... um bet on the trends um, situation because Dortmund has just owned this fixture. Like even when Leipzig was playing well in past seasons, they just could not figure out Dortmund and Leipzig really isn't all, all that strong this season. Um, like They're okay, but still haven't really figured out which pieces go where Dortmund in they're right on Bayern's heels. So um, I'm sure they'll end up um getting beat when they actually have to play Bayern and um, fall short and on the title chase yet again. But for this matchup, yeah, I don't like, I think um, Dortmund makes it five straight wins over um, Leipzig. Right. Uh, yeah. This is like another, this happens like almost every week where, uh, yeah, I have direct opposite of <laughs> what you're playing on that one. There. <laughs> uh, and mine is, I understand the trends. I'm looking at them right now and you're right. Uh, Dortmund, has you know dispatched of Leipzig and made it look easy. Uh, a lot of the, the it's four one three one three two you know, and you know as far as this one's going back, I don't even see a Leipzig win. Oh, two thousand seventeen maybe was the last win, uh, with like one or two ties in there. But uh, like my thinking is just that Dortmund is without Holland. He's out. Uh, allegedly until Christmas time or around the new year Mm -hmm. uh, without Reina, Um, you know, so they're missing a couple, you know, key parts. Uh, Reina's been out most of the year, so I'm sure they're already used to playing without him, but it's just kind of like a buck the trend. Like I, I still pull for Jesse Marsh. I keep him and talking like a month and a half about him pulling out of this nosedive. And so it's like, I think this is the opportunity, but I'm going to go with double chance on it. Uh, (laughs) Since it's, you know, maybe they can tie. Uh, and then I'm going to pair that with the Frankfurt uh, money line versus a uh, greater fourth. Uh, just because, yeah, uh, <laughs> just because, uh, I mean, you know, are on the road. Uh, so like the number is not outlandish. I think it was like a minus 100 or something. Right. And, uh, you know, but, but Fourth is just like, they're a terrible team. They're like, a Norwich of Germany. And so yeah. 
Yeah, always play against them. And uh, so that will get up to plus 290. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And yeah, based off from the based off from the injuries, um, yeah, you're probably right to play Leipzig. But I don't know. I just can't shake the idea that Dortmund owns this matchup and something weird is going to happen here. But yeah, I mean, on paper, you should be correct on that one. But we'll see what happens. And Gerder Firth, I mean, it's just so weird that it's early November and this team already appears to be toast. Yeah. Like they have one point all season and it was against 10 man Armenia. Um, and, and that team doesn't have a win on season either. So <laughs> like what, like what dumb is there for Greater Firth to even suggest going to um, go their way enough to come even close to even getting to the um, playoff. Like, honestly, one thing I really want to see just because I'm a masochist on this is for greater Firth to play Norwich. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, you- yeah, I was just thinking that exact same thing, man. Like, uh, since UEFA just likes to make up competitions to like make more money, yeah, they should just make like a home and home series between Perth and, <laughs> the, and the Norwich UEFA relegation league. <laughs> yeah, uh, bringing bring um bringing KTP from the um Vekas league got to play in that. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Italy has a bottom feeder to. Uh, Cagliari, right? Yeah, they're pretty yeah. bad, but I think they just picked up points this past week. So I mean, they're playing much better than Fourth in Norwich. I mean, and right. Armenia, Armenia is yeah, they're in nineteenth. But I mean, if yeah. you just look at the goal differential, it looks like I mean, they're, they're they're good enough to get draws, but they're not yeah. beating anybody. So right. they're gonna they're gonna be hard pressed to um get above on those relegation spots. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of. I think it has a like a financial thing going on because uh, of COVID the last year or year and a half or whatever. That there's just some teams that just they have no business being in top flights, and uh, yeah. you see it all around Europe this year. It's like yeah, it's pretty. And my my Finnish team was definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah, 20, right. twenty-seven match season, two wins out of twenty-seven matches, twenty defeats. Wow. Yeah, it's, they played for the win though. I mean, not too many times. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we just weren't very good. Like it, it was <laughs> like we got we got promoted um through the playoffs last year, and it was obvious we do not belong at this level. Right. Yeah, I mean, it happens, and yeah, if you yeah. don't, if you can't convince any, I mean, I know in the Finnish league it's totally different, a little different, but I mean, like in these uh major leagues, these you know the big five, like you can't convince any players to come or, you know, the guys you're getting or guys from Bundesliga two and three yeah. that never have played in the premier Bundesliga before. I mean, it, that's, that's, what's going to happen. You're just going to get yeah. steamrolled. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Do you have uh, any more picks that you wanted to give up? Um, yeah. I'm going to go into MLS for this next one. And I'm going to look at uh, Columbus uh, money line against Chicago which, I mean, I think that this is one where Columbus is going to come out firing. I don't think it's going to be enough to get them in, into the playoffs, but Chicago has absolutely nothing to play for, 
and isn't a good team anyway. So there is no reason that Columbus should fall short in this situation. And apparently the Yom betters have already um, realized that because this line was at minus 160 when I, um, but yeah, um, I, I think um, that there's no way that um, Chicago ruins this for Columbus. I think somebody else is going to get the um, result they need to keep Columbus out. But I think Columbus will do its part um, as far as some um, trying to get in and get the three points here. Yeah, uh, Chicago, Chicago away, that was your like every week bet there for a while, well, too, right? Until that, um, t- until that time, they went um, to New York and finally did something right. <laughs> yeah. Then my then my um bet became Austin away, um, to fade them, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I. The, I think what drove that lineup, uh, there was like there was some news. Taylor Twillman was tweeting about it. <laughs> Taylor Twillman was tweeting about it uh, today. That that's a really that, bad dunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll say that five times, right? Uh, yeah. But it was it's like Chicago already told seven guys or something that they're not being brought back next year mm. or. And uh, those, it's like seven key players or something, so they're not even going to travel. I think that's might be why that line's going. Oh, wow. It's going. So, disaster time in Chicago land. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, pretty much any time the fire on the pitch is on disaster time <laughs> in Chicago land at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, Columbus, like, I don't know the tiebreakers exactly, but, I mean, yeah, they, they have to win. Kind of hope New York loses, Montreal loses, D.C. loses, right? So, yeah. Yeah, but, they, like, they need a lot to go their way. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, some to play for in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you could even look at, like, a, you know, like a spread bet on that one since Chicago's going to run Yeah, out. Yeah, probably. I mean yeah. – and Columbus does have a little bit going for them in that um, New York and uh, Montreal both have to play some pretty tough uh, matches to get through. But I think the thing that's going to cost on um, the crew is DC United. They should not lose that match to um, Toronto. I mean, Toronto, another team with nothing to play for. Like, that should be a situation where DC is able to um, pull it out, but on the other side of the coin, DC is only two ten and four away from home. So there's a very good chance that they botch it. And if that if that does happen, Columbus could scare someone. Yeah, and they could be looking at matchup, possibly Philadelphia, Nashville. Yeah, I mean, yeah, either Philly or Nashville. Yeah, yeah. so they'd be like you said last week. Nobody wants to see them in the playoffs, yeah. especially a team that knows how to maneuver their way through the, through the through the playoffs that's that's a big mm-hmm. deal absolutely all right then uh let's go ahead and wrap up the segment uh look forward to watching how our picks do and uh thanks for coming on as always man yeah absolutely um hopefully this turns into an interesting final um day for mls and then hopefully the u.s can um keep can um, get some momentum going in these next two matches in this window yeah, that's uh, two things I'm hoping for as well. Uh, like I said, uh, thanks, and uh, see, you, see you next week. All right.
We go boogie, oogie, oogie, jiggle, wiggle, and dance <laughs> like the roof on fire. We go drink drinks and take shots until we fall out like the roof on fire. Now, baby, get my booty naked, take off all your clothes and light the roof on fire. Tell her, tell her, baby, 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 I'm on fire. I tell her, baby, 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 I'm a fireball. Then uh, moving on, um, as promised, uh, it is a Fireball Friday, and I'm here again with Corey Adair. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing doing pretty good. I've been wicked busy. That's one of the reasons why I actually haven't been on the segments with you and Dan last week and this week. We've had to record on different days just because of how busy I've been. But um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's looking like I'll get a little bit of time here the next couple months over the holiday season to be able to enjoy some more sports avidly uh, mm-hmm. or match next week is kind of the start of a four-day weekend so right. I am super super excited about <laughs> that and yeah I mean we got we are going to be having a very interesting episode today yeah absolutely and you know as I promised in the opening uh we have a little game that we're going to play uh, the United States men's national team announced their 25-man roster for these games coming up here in one week from tonight. Um, and so basically this game is going to be – so we decided that it we're, we're, we're done of trying to make sense of what Greg Berhalter is doing. So what we're going to do is we're going to go player by player, the guys we like, we're going to take a swig of beer. Is that the official measurement that we're going with? A swig? Yeah, I, I think. I mean, <laughs> it's a mid, you know, Midwest. Take a take a swig. Take a swig. Yeah. Take, I mean, take a drink. I guess mm-hmm. you know right, most yeah. people. I take guess. I guess when you're playing beer pong, they say what? Take a, you got to take a drink every time, or take. Yeah. I've heard people say swig. So. Swig is like it's more than a sip. Yes, it's definitely more than a sip. It's, yeah, it's like a drink. I guess right. Three quarters of a drink at least. Yeah, at least. And then so the guys we don't like, that way we can kind of develop hot takes as well we're we're having hot takes for you today guys we don't like we're gonna take a shot (laughs) and as a fun fun little teaser at the end i'm gonna do one for each player that i thought should have been on here (laughs) so it's gonna be a very 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 fun episode we are super excited i am looking forward to these hot takes because this is stuff that has been compounding things that we've talked about a little bit in the past and they finally come to full fruition you know we've been We've been saying for multiple episodes now that if the game doesn't change, if the game he's playing doesn't change, we're going to be done. Mm-hmm. And we've been we've been continuously extending the goalposts for him, right? Making excuses for him. Yeah. It almost feels like my Nebraska fandom and Scott Frost is seeping into my USMNT fandom and Greg Berhalter lately. Right. You know, I keep I keep giving him a, a little bit longer of a leash to give me enough of what I need to see to stop talking about it. And he has officially used up all the leash. So, right. You know, uh, as like, as like a, a, a worse fear as this kind of like a pessimistic fan that I am, like Dan brought up something in the previous segment that like, if he, I mean, if he throws out a starting 11 and, and it includes legit and Paul Areola and we like beat the fuck out of Mexico, everybody's going to be praising him. <laughs> So that would kind of like leave us at like what what point are we at that like 
<laughs> he plays these fucking guys. But even when we... he played those guys, we won one nothing. <laughs> yeah. there, there, there is, I don't see any conceivable scenario where we win by more than one goal. At best, it's two to one. Yeah. If we roll out there with our three continually contributing MLS guys. <laughs> right. Other than Matt Turner. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I I don't know. I think I think we should go ahead and dive right into it. We have mm-hmm. We're going to go with the keepers first, and then we're going to go with midfielders, and then we're going to go with the attackers, just like we've done. I mean, this is, what, the fourth time we've done this now? Yeah. Where we've gone through, you know, rosters. So we're going to go ahead and start with the keepers. And the so, first – First, we got our shots all lined up, so we're going to go ahead and get our beers ready. Go ahead if you wanted to start it. Right all right, ahead. so the first name on the list is Sean Johnson, which neither of us are super against – I mean, you could potentially make the argument for Horvath, but it's not like he's even playing the majority of the minutes at keeper at his club. Mm-hmm. So choosing a top flight MLS keeper who's playing a ton of minutes and playing well is an okay addition. Swig. Yeah, I'm taking a swig too. I'm just going to go say it. I mean, the guys are Sean Johnson, Zach Steph, and Matt Turner. I think we're both going to go swigs on all Yeah, three drinks. So we got two more drinks. Yeah. <laughs> delicious um so here's where it, it begins to get fun the defenders uh i'll go fullbacks oh hold on hold on hold on go ahead who's in net i, I just no. i know we're not really doing predictive rosters but i would there. okay i would start i would start zach stefan just because yeah. i know we need to be able to play out of the back because mexico is going to high press us yes but i think burrow will start matt turner <laughs> he started he started stefan last time not against Mexico. I mean, well, I guess, but Turner hadn't come on. And Stefan's played more minutes at Man City than he had in a while. And these were meaningful minutes, not just mm-hmm. preseason friendlies. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I would play Steph- Stefan because you need, you, you're going to have to build out of the back. That's going to be like something that's absolutely <clears throat> needed. Mexico high presses, they're fast, they're aggressive, they're like little gnats on the ball. I mean, you know, it, it, somebody like Matt Turner, that's the, that's the knock on him that he's not great at that sort of play and playing with his feet. So that could be somewhere where he fucks up. It could yeah. cost us, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's going to start Matt Turner at all. I think he's going to start Zach Stefan. I think, I think that what we saw last window, what's happened since last window at club, mm-hmm. the only logical thing, because again, remember we talked about it last time where Stefan wasn't hundred percent healthy going into the window before last window. Yeah, the last window he was healthy. He still started Matt Turner, but then he started Stefan in the end. Yeah, when we desperately needed three points even more. Yep, and uh, you know, uh, got to bring up too that Zach Stefan just uh, signed an extension at Man City. Yep. So it sounds like who is it? Is it Ederson or Emilson? That's Man City, the Brazilian yes. keeper. One of them. <laughs> I can. He'll probably move on eventually. And I think it happens within the next twenty-four months from now. Yeah. Oh, I Guaranteed. would think. I would say by the summer. It was supposed to be this summer, but I think I think Stefan kind of got injury issues and didn't yeah. get a chance to kind of prove himself. But but all right, yeah, all right. So we'll the fullbacks. Uh, this is another group I think we both don't have a ton of issues with. Uh, we start with left fullback, uh, your guy Sam Vines back in the mix. So you clapping? I'm assuming that's a that's a swig of beer. That's a drink. This mm-hmm. also very well had easily could have been a shot because. Vines has not been on the roster since the gold cup. He has not played in any of these windows mm-hmm. and he's literally only there because of depth. And there was a potential that Bello could have taken that spot. So 
Sam yeah. Fines could have easily been a shot, but personal preference, I'm going to take a drink. I'm taking a drink, too. I mean, he got hurt. Uh, he broke his collarbone at the beginning of the year for Antwerp. He's been back, though, and playing good enough. Uh, the other left back is Anthony Robinson. That's a drink of beer. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> it's worth a shotgun, dude. That kid, mm-hmm. Jedi, is just, by the way, we are now referring to him as Jedi. Yeah, Jedi. It is officially from this point forward, he is Jedi, Jedi Robinson. Yeah, especially with Miles Robinson gets confusing. Yes, so it's Jedi. <laughs> Jedi has been playing great for club. He has been playing great for country. And I just, I love his blend of athleticism and physical stature. Yeah. Most fullbacks that can play wingback aren't remotely close to his size. Yeah, I love his swag. I think I've said it on the show, like his socks, they like fall down. You know, they don't stay high. And they're like right above his shin guards. And he's got that swag. He's just unstoppable. And he's a burner. That's a, I've always mm-hmm. loved that fullbacks, you know, it's like a FIFA thing. We, we really <laughs> have not had a history of super burner fullbacks either. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're kind of right. Well, super, kinda, like, super burners that have technical ability. Yeah, exactly. They were I always tenacious like, defenders. There's, yeah, there's things out there that have talked about uh, uh, a guy's like Adams and uh, McKinney missing Robinson when he he had space and stuff like like as good as he's he's played for us like there's potential for him to play better if if we keep feeding the ball when he's when he's on like that you know Mm -hmm. which is hopefully 180 minutes in this window um the next guy obviously is going to be a drink for both of us since we were practically you know begging for him last episode and that's joe scally let's fucking go (laughs) let's go Mm -hmm. The next guy, uh, this is this is still just a swig of beer for me. It's kind of like, okay, who else are you going to take? Uh, it's DeAndre Yedlin, more than likely. Only in some sort of yellow card situation um, or injury, he'll probably see the field. He's a serviceable backup right back. You know, the guys who got left out, we're looking at Shaq Moore, George Bello. But, uh, I mean, to me, he's, he's fine. So I'm just going with the swig of beer. For Yedlin? Yeah, for Yedlin. I mean, he started considerable minutes in very meaningful matches, and he has really never been a reason we lost a game. So, you know, I, I, he's been one of those original international commits, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that we've gotten yeah. since the start of Klinsman. He's one of our old guys. He's like 24. Yeah, he's one of our old guys. I think he's 25. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably 25. Yeah. He's ancient. Swig. Yeah, swig. Okay, so our center backs, we have. Chris Richards and Miles Robinson. I think those are, you know, in my book, uh, one and either two or three, uh, you know, including John Brooks, who we'll get to. But like for me, that's just two swigs for Miles and, and Chris Richards. Yep. This is where it gets kind of interesting. Well, uh, help. Go ahead. One sec. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't care who our starting center backs are at any point in time between now and the end of the World Cup. There are probably one or two other names that need to be on this list mm-hmm. of center backs that need to be at least on the roster in case of injury and whatnot. The two names that I will literally riot if I don't see them, if they're healthy, are Miles Robinson and Chris Richards. As far they're, as center backs? Yes. Yeah. And, and I... 
and I there's a name that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the glaring guy that's not on this roster in the defensive third. Yeah. But even if he was on the roster, these two guys have to be on it at right. all times. Yeah, and so that that's a, that's kind of like the interesting thing. So we're going to go to the next two. It's Mark McKenzie and Walker Zimmerman, who are both swigs in our opinions, right? But what it brings up is is going to be our first shot, at least my first shot of the yep. day, is that that the guy who was left off is John Brooks. And this is a guy who starts center back for Wolfsburg, a Champions League quality team, top tier Bundesliga team. And because he had, you know, an alleged bad performance, he is just continually left off. This time, last last window, Berhalter got a cop out because he had, I think he withdrew for some sort of back injury, actually. I think he was selected, right? And then he withdrew. And, and he, missed, this, he missed minutes at Wolfsburg, too. Yeah, so it was like a legit injury. So he was bailed out. But now, this time, he's just not being called in. And it sounds just basically like a coach's decision so for me that is my first shot of the night yes yes <laughs> especially especially considering the fact that when we say he's the starting center back for wolfsburg which is a champions league qualifying team from mm-hmm. last year to this year understand that he is their best center back he plays every minute of every match that he's fit to play mm-hmm. and bundesliga is one of the better defensive leagues with the power five and Wolfsburg is known as a decent defensive club. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the strength of a team on a team who his strength is the strength of that team in a league where that's one of the strengths of the league. Like you're talking, you know, you're talking yeah. about a, a defensive player from the SEC West yeah, that is playing in this competitive type of competition. And he has good a, player, good team, good competition. Yeah, and he has he has his uh, downfalls, which is basically just speed and you know athletic athleticism in space. And like when you watch Wolfsburg, you know it's been brought up uh, other places too that like they they kind of like accept that you know if he's caught up in midfield trying to do something. Like the fullbacks know they gotta they gotta sprint back as fast as they can because he's not gonna catch up to any sort of striker or winger. Yes. Uh uh, but I mean that's that's something you give up for what you get, which is somebody who's really, really good with the ball at his feet, you know, in possession, and then also somebody who's just gonna who's gonna goon the fuck out of guys premier aerial defender and attacker mexico the mexico attackers can't fucking touch this guy no i'm saying they're fucking they stood up and cheered they fucking gave a standing ovation when they saw that john brooks was on they don't have to they don't have to worry about you know getting a fucking elbow to the face and and shit like that you know i mean that's the kind of guy brooks is and and he he they don't have anybody that's nearly tall enough nearly physical enough nearly athletic enough to even compete with him inside the box, mm-hmm. even yeah. come close to competing. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, they're going to try with Edison Alvarez and they're going to fail mm-hmm. with Edison Alvarez because that's their best guy in that situation. And John Brooks would eat him fucking alive. And he has. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we, we've said, we've said a lot about John Brooks. It's just, it's just like the, the reason we took a shot is that, what Greg Berhalter saying is John Brooks is at most the fifth best center back. 
and of this available pool, which is fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. And the worst part is, is that I went on that anti-John Brooks tangent, mm-hmm. you know, what was that? Three, four episodes ago. It was, it was, yeah, it was after the window where he got benched in the, at the end of the second half mm-hmm. down, down in, um, Honduras. down in Honduras. Yeah. Down in Honduras. Yeah. I went off and I was pissed and I said, I don't ever want to see him again. If he's going to come in with this attitude, blah, 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 this and that. He should at least be on the fucking roster. Yeah, he shows. We I, we might talk about it later, but he 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 came out and he made a statement to an American journalist, and you know it shows that he is humble and that he you know is is driven by this decision. You know, it's not like he's quitting on the U.S. men's national team. He's he's going to be driven by this, and he's going to come back. So like, hopefully. Hopefully this is a disaster for us, and uh, <clears throat> hopefully you know, you know he's back in the January camp. Um, let's move on to midfielders. This is where it gets. We're just gonna go guy by guy. First name, Kellen Acosta. Shot, shot. Cheers, bro. Salute. <laughs> he's one of the big four, and by the big four, I mean the big four guys. We don't know. We don't want to see that. We always see. We talked about it last episode. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what we're talking about now, you should probably go back and listen to the last episode first. <laughs> I think that anybody listening to that one probably knows. Uh, Tyler Adams, that's obviously going to be a sweet. Oh beer. yeah, that's a that's a that's a good little drink. Mm-hmm. He, he's a he's a good good little drink. <laughs> drink. Um, both by the way, those guys are probably the sixes. Like you can probably make an argument that you needed a cost on. Of the big four, Acosta might be the most needed um, because, you know, who really is going to back up Tyler Adams if there was a thing? So this is actually probably kind of a semi-hot take, but the only person that's ever actually played the six in the last nine months that did the job at a rate that would be acceptable enough for us to compete at a World Cup level (coughs) was Kellen Acosta in the Gold Cup. But he has not played like that since, but he's shown that potential. So it might be one of those things where hopefully he raises to the level of competition mm-hmm. if if he's called upon, but there's no need for it. Yeah. There is absolutely no need for him to be on this roster because it's only two matches. And I mean, we play Friday. What's the ne- what, ne- what what day do we play next? Wednesday, I believe. It's Are like you fucking kidding day. me? That's a literal... Extra day. Dude, that is literally a European top flight club who is competing in the champions league playing mm-hmm. their best 11 for a league match on Friday and a UCL match, you, you know, yeah. UEFA champions league match on Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you see, you see it all the time. Uh, uh, teams will play on a, in Europa league on Thursday, they play on Sunday, they play champions league on Wednesday or whatever they play on Saturday. And then, you know, they do some rotation, but you know, this, uh, compared to the uh, the past two windows, uh, it, it's an extra day. I mean, yeah, it, you you take one day away for travel or whatever bullshit. But like, anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, the guy who could have been a six, uh, who could have probably left Kalnikasa off, but it, it looks like he's been added as an eight, uh, more of a box to box midfielder. Gian Gianluca Busio. Drink, drink for me too. Play great at Venezia. One of their best players on a really shitty team. They suck. <laughs> how many times? I mean, we've we watched our game. <laughs> we talk. We talk about how much we like Buzio. Mm-hmm. 
but then when Dan comes on, <laughs> we any there there's been multiple 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 times where we have done Syria bets where we have purposely bet against <laughs> like the, the teams have been Norwich, yeah, Venezia has been one of them, yeah, and I think there was another Greater Firth. Greater Firth. We <laughs> yeah. talked about that. Yes, so they're, they're terrible. And, they're and, worse than there is like. We talked about that they should make a matchup between Norwich and Greater <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, bad. so it's a bad team. He plays yeah. for a really bad team, but he plays all the minutes, and he's one of their better players. Actually, yeah. there's been multiple times in the last two months where he's been their best player of the entire match. Yeah, they, multiple matches. He, they either play a four four two diamond or a four four two flat, which means that he's either playing a single pivot six, like Greg Berhalter wants to run, or a double pivot six. So he could very easily play six. Uh, what we saw in the Gold Cup was that he was a little too weak for it. But I'm 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 a, I'm officially in the camp. I w- I would always say like maybe it was this, maybe it's that. Like I'm officially in the camp that he was negotiating a contract to get out of Sporting Kansas City, and I don't think he wanted to get hurt in the Gold Cup because he doesn't play like that in Italy. He 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 plays with balls. So like, you know, obviously he's just a drink. <laughs> well, and I mean if. <laughs> instead of bringing costa yeah why not if you were gonna do a change up why not just start buzio yeah and then if it's not going well after like after 20 minutes maybe say something to buzio give him 10 15 more minutes to make an adjustment yeah and if he doesn't make it then you sub adams back in and there's adams's 30 minutes of rest okay so the anyways best case scenario tyler adams is gonna play 180 minutes in these two games he's gonna play both games he fucking better he's on a yellow card he another yellow card suspension in both matches or just the mexico match any match wait how his long? next yellow card will be a suspension that's that's the thing one, the, hold on hold on <laughs> 101 101 here 101 because i'm learning something so if i'm learning something you're fucking learning something <laughs> this All is right. what i wanted to get into the next segment was that why it's so fucking troubling that we added you know in and we'll get to the drinks in a second we added kellen acosta sebastian legit christian Roldan, and paul Ariola. why because you mean shots <laughs> yeah yeah the shots <laughs> segment <laughs> shots 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 segment of the show because Adams is on a yellow card. McKinney's on a yellow card. There, if if they if if there was a if there was a scenario which is very possible against Mexico, because when Mexico breaks, when Mexico counters, sometimes you're so out of position and you're so fucked that the only option you have is to take that professional foul, which yellow. will always get to be a, it's always going to be yellow. So if either one of those dudes gets a yellow, or if they were both to get a yellow, that would mean they were both suspended. For Jamaica. So we're looking at a Jamaica game where our starting 11 includes both Acosta and Sebastian Legit. Yeah. This is why it's so fucking infuriating. So is those yellows, do those yellow, so here, here's the one-on-one part is that if you're sitting on a yellow, which means you got a yellow in the previous match and you're mm-hmm. sitting on that yellow, that yellow carries over actually. And if you get a yellow within a window after it, then you actually have to sit another match. You you have to sit the next match. It's yellow. It's yellow accumulation. Okay, so explain. accumulation would be your second yellow. They they wanna uh, perture. That wasn't the right word, right? Perture. 
premature <laughs> no no <laughs> they want to uh, how long does that yellow count for is what i'm as long as it goes man what do you mean as long as to the end of qualifiers yeah so like you get to the second yellow you're gonna you're gonna get a, a one game suspension yeah regardless a, yeah so it, that the way the, way the first the match idea, yeah the, and then the, the, the second was the second to last match yeah how long does it last in english premier league uh league matches so english premier league i think it's five but it's so, 38 games so so if you get a yellow and you get another one within five you no 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 it five total but it's based on oh. the number of games so like the idea is that we don't want guys taking fouls you know that are yellows and so you know you get to two yellows in whatever then you're gonna there you're gonna be suspended in the next match so it's almost best if against Jamaica they just go ball if, as long as they don't get yellow against Mexico mm-hmm. get, get the yellow against Jamaica so like okay <laughs> so this is another part of one one I guess <laughs> yeah get the yellow against Jamaica and Louisville, I think it's solo or something whatever Ow. but like yeah but like uh so like in 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 tournaments like the group play the group play and the quarterfinal they're usually that same thing where the second yellow gets you a suspension and then they reset at the semifinal. Yeah, I I knew that. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, but I think I think that's just basically the way it is. I okay. I, I could be wrong about that okay. actually, but because right. fourteen games does seem like a fucking long time to be yes. sitting on one yellow. Yeah, so maybe and I knew like and I knew that games. there was I knew that there was rules and regulations like this, as in this yellow only lasted this long. <laughs> I just didn't know what they were, but. Um, anyways, we're gonna go ahead and move forward because yes. we got to. <laughs> we we, we have forward. to. We have to fulfill this. Who was the game. last guy we even said? We talked Buzio? about was it Buzio? Buzio. <laughs> okay, Sebastian Legit. That's a shot, <laughs> shot. for me. Fuck that guy. Fuck Becky G. He is fucking Becky G, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Lucky bastard. I think that's why I hate him so much. Yeah, I mean, we don't. We don't really got into it. I mean. He that was time a, and again, even in the gold cup, he didn't fucking play good. Oh, he, no, he's, he's never going to change. He's going to pass it backwards. He's going to pass it backwards and mm-hmm. he's going to pass it backwards. If he ever goes on an attacking charge with the ball at the end of his foot, I promise you, I just shit my pants. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's nothing good that people say. The, the thing that people say about him is that when he's like a cog in an attacking formation, when we're like blitzkrieging, the box of somebody, which is like fucking almost never, to be honest. It's like when we play Martinique, <laughs> then he's okay. Or we're down a goal and yeah, yeah. need a win. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's fucking trash. We, we, watch no, he's no, going to score three fucking goals against Mexico. I am officially kid. done. Sebastian <laughs> Legette. And, you know, by the way, that whole Becky G thing was totally an insider's take to <laughs> our text messaging between each other. <laughs> Because this is that's the type of shit that we actually talk about. (laughs) But anyways, legit has gone to a certain point where I I talked earlier about Burhalter having enough of a leash, and I keep extending his leash and this and that. And legit is done with his leash. I am a thousand percent done with. So like I'm never I'm never gonna be okay with legit anymore. And if he plays a single minute this window, I am officially fire Burhalter. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought Burhalter was even fucking done with him because of after his performance against Panama, he didn't even make the bench for Costa Rica. Healthy scratch. Healthy fucking scratch, mother man. I, I was like, yes, finally. But here we go. You gotta fucking name, name this fucking roster. You gotta put the jet on there. 
So let's move on. Weston McKinney. Drink. Obviously a drink. Been balling the fuck out for Juventus. Scoring goals. He ain't a fucking goal, goal scorer. I should I sent you that fucking run. He oh, dude, he's in the turned, Champions League. Dude. He's, he's turned into one of their better players. Out. Yeah, yeah. They actually wanted to sell him. Uh, they changed regimes, <laughs> if you will. They wanted to sell him, but I, I've heard that uh, they've actually turned the corner on that, and they they, they want to keep him. And if you watch Juventus, he's like a, a very mediocre team this year, but uh, they he's their fucking best player. He's one of their core players. <laughs> so player. you often hear about teams wanting to reset, right? Mm-hmm. Where they want to do a roster turnover and they want to rebuild. You know, you're not 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 reload, but rebuild. Yes. Juventus without Cristiano Ronaldo is in rebuild mode, mm-hmm. not reload mode. And they thought that maybe he would be a selling piece. And they turned their they turned they they turned around on that, and now he's a rebuild piece. Yes, and the, yeah, because it, and it got brought up by um, one of your favorite players, Cellini, that Cristiano Ronaldo fucked them because he made that. That transfer happened on August 28th, three days before the, the transfer deadline. And, and that was his point. And was, was so that, expensive. Yeah, that was his point was that, like, dude, if you're going to make that fucking move, make that fucking move so it doesn't totally fuck us. So, like, oh no, it was, we're only it, in November. It was self-centered so because he wanted help. He didn't get help. Mm-hmm. So then he chose yeah, he, he like, forced the move. Yes. So it, he, and he, he did that. You're Christian Ronaldo, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And it fucked them. And they're trying to uh, facilitate. They're trying to fucking make a team. And, and they're, they're getting they're better. They're trying to make it to January. Yeah, I mean, yeah, make it to January and they're going to buy some they, guys. They've got money. They've got yeah. money. They'll get they'll get somebody. Yeah, they're going to buy Joe Valley. How crazy would it be if they bought Pulisic <laughs> and just played him 100% of minutes? Yeah, I'd love Oh, it. that's an idea. Yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Jonas Musa. Obviously, drink. Drink. We love that motherfucker. So, I am not drinking tall boys. Thomas is drinking tall boys. I only had seven. Just kidding. Um, oh, hold on, real quick. Yes. This is the most random content that gets to put, be put in here today. Can you talk about Jose Garcia? No, not at all. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But, yeah. anyways, uh, Boomer Sooner's Twitter mm-hmm. account, the guy that I, he does the stupid lists, right? Yeah. Uh, he put today the best alcoholic beverages for each game day experience this weekend. Mm-hmm. And there was only two campuses that had that had this one, and it was the same one. What do you think it is a bad day to be in Lincoln and Ames? Fireball. This would be number two. I just looked Bush. Up. Bush light. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude. Fucking if, if duh. If Iowa played at home, I mean, they would. It, it would have been. Same, <laughs> yeah, it would have been the same thing. That's yeah. why. That's why it always kills me. With what do you put so for strong. Evanston? What is it oh god, Jepson Malore. <laughs> what? Jepson Malore. If you don't yeah, shout out Alex James Luch. He is the only person that I know that drinks it, willingly drinks it, will continue to willingly drink it every time <laughs> he's in Chicago. Most people other than uh, most people don't even know. Do you know what Jepson Malore is? No. Okay. Most people don't even know what it is. He is the only friend of mine that actually knows what it is. And it's actually because of him that all of this even began with in the first place. So shout out Alex Luch. You just got us to talk about Jepson Malore. Fuck that <laughs> shit. Aftertaste is vomit. It's gross. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, we did Yunus Musa. We love him. 
He's going to start MMA midfield. That should be the fucking starting thing. Hopefully they don't get yellow cards. Hopefully they play against Jamaica too. 180 minutes. Swear to God. Another Next shot. guy, Christian Roldan. Shot. A fucking shot. You got to be fucking Fuck crushing. <laughs> Even Dan called him out. Really? Yeah. He's like, see, I didn't, I haven't gotten to listen to what happened yesterday, by mm-hmm. the way. So what, what did Dan say about Dan? Dan said, I was finishing my shot. Dan said he doesn't understand how he keeps getting called up because he brings nothing. He brings nothing to the United States. Well, no, because they keep fucking playing him at right wing. It doesn't matter where you play him. He's not going to bring anything. But I I get it. I get it. But you're not even the only place he could actually help us. Isn't even the place you're playing him at. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. 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 I already said I'm done with my leash with Sebastian Legette. I had I was done with my leash with Roldan even earlier. So yeah, Roldan. I mean, Roldan hasn't had like the like the fucking like uh like in your face horrible moment. But he but he like Dan said he doesn't add shit. He doesn't fucking bring anything that you want. He doesn't create. He doesn't bring anything you want. You want creators. Yeah, you want somebody that you'd be like hell yeah. By the way, what I mean when I say creators is somebody, it's like the point guard in basketball mm-hmm. <clears throat> who can't ever hit a three-pointer, who can barely drive and hit a mid-range jump shot, but somehow sets up an offense, comes off a screen, hits an open guy who hits an open shot, and just makes things easy. That's a creator. Yes. We need creators at all times. Because we've never been efficient with our technical ability. We've never had a, well, really never had a nine that was like, <clears throat> like a Lewandowski or a Holland or no, something. Ever. I mean, they don't exist. They don't like exist throughout the world. No, but they I exist mean, in Europe. Well, kind of, kind of. But I mean, I mean, even, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So like you have to create that wide open chance. Yeah. Basically. And Roldan doesn't do that. <laughs> at all legit how these fucking guys do that all right brandon okay this is a forwards group brendan aronson wait we're done with midfield yeah we're done with, we'll Good. we'll talk about this is painful we'll talk about the guys you want in after we get done yeah. <laughs> with the guys who are actually on there brendan aronson that's a drink oh a total drink and by the way this is a predictive measure here by the way this is totally predictive paxton aronson uh, is is that yes. USL or um, oh, MLS? It's Philadelphia Union. It's Dude, MLS. motherfucking, let's fucking go. Yeah, bring him out. How on. old is he? 16? Uh, he just turned 18. Just turned 18, which means that he's ready to go. Yes. Because we don't have to wait for the bullshit that Mexico waits for. The moment our guys turn 18 and go to Europe, yeah. Brandon Aronson's already been doing it at RB Salzburg. Mm-hmm. I got the right to start, by the way. <laughs> Anyways, he's already doing it Salzburg. So Paxton... I think Paxton has actually showed a higher potential ceiling. It, it, yes. Anyways, remember the name Paxton Aaron's. They look similar. Oh my God, they're brothers. Yeah, like I, I mean, they're in the way they play, though. in the way they the way play, they the way they look, the way they score. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool if we ever get to see a moment where those two brothers get to play together. Because unlike most sports, like basketball matters, in hockey it matters, in football it matters between the quarterback and wide receiver. <clears throat> but all other sports it doesn't really matter chemistry 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 yeah when you have undeniable chemistry 
with another player and you're both at a talent level that is at par or above par to your competition, you're going to destroy them with that chemistry. <laughs> exactly. Man I City. am super excited about this. Man City. Pep, Pep Guardiola <laughs> has like the ability to create that sort of chemistry between all his fucking players. I mean, that's why they they just like pass the ball around. Go. Yeah, dude, they'll if you watch a Man City game, they'll they'll like pass the ball around between their back line for like fucking 45 seconds. And then all of a sudden when they want to attack, and they're like, it's just like, okay, we're gonna attack. It's like three, four fucking crisp passes, and they get a wide open shot and a goal. <laughs> yeah. Pep Guardiola should be the United States national team coach. I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Should finance this show. Jeff Bezos <laughs> and all you motherfuckers that have been getting able, been able to keep your money. Go buy Pep. <laughs> yeah. Go buy him. Yes. That's how soccer Dude, works. Just good, go buy him. What the fuck? That's a good that's a great point. I didn't even know that you're going there with that. But why? Why wouldn't that be a thing? Why wouldn't they just invest in our in our men's? I mean, how much would it cost? Like ten million a year. Ten million a year? That's nothing to those guys. They could do twenty-five million a year. (laughs) (laughs) They could literally buy him. We got a plan. We got a plan. We got a plan. If we don't qualify for this World Cup, we got a plan for the next World Cup. We just next saving it. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck yeah, dude. Exactly. We can get like. Yeah, just bring Alex Ferguson out of retirement. Yeah, bring no, yeah, dude, bring Alex Ferguson out retirement for nine million a year. <laughs> yeah, what was the thing that that I that I was saying about Nick Saban that he has like a a guy who's like an NFL head coach as an offensive line coach or some shit. I forget who he is though. It was like the Giants coach last year. Like, I mean, yeah, so whatever. Like, that's what we could do it for the men's national team. All right, let's go, Jesus Ferreira. This is a guy I wanted. Yeah, I wanted him forever. It'd be interesting to see if he plays. I think he's going to be the backup nine. So then we got other Pepe. Well, see, here's the thing. And this is the part that confuses me. Mm -hmm. Because in all honesty, there you go. Number two. (laughs) You should probably be playing him with Pepe. Because of how many goals. Like, all of Pepe's assists go to him. Three quarters of his assists go to Pepe, and they just have great chemistry. Yeah. But if you do that, I mean, there, there, there's one scenario where that is probably going to happen, and that's if Pulisic is not ready to go a full 90 because of inj- his injury, which we still don't know. Yeah. And we'll get to Pulisic in a second. But we still don't know where he's at with that injury. So if he can't go and we're sticking with Aronson and Way whatever yeah whatever the point is is that those two should play together if you say he's a backup nine that means they don't play together right but i i think that's the only place he fits in he's not he doesn't play winger he plays like an attacking midfielder so he folds in and folds in which but i mean musa goes out wide yeah yeah i mean it it, on the right i don't think i don't think he even plays i don't think he plays but i'm happy to see him Mm -hmm. all right we're gonna do three right in a row Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic back with this motherfucking team. And finally, Timothy Weah. Three drinks, right? All drinks. I mean, at this point, that's half a beer. Mm-hmm. But our last guy, 25th guy. Waiting for your drink. <laughs> it's Kim. 
Paul and Ariola. <coughs> Shot. <laughs> Shot. <clears throat> Cheers, man. Fucking A. God damn it, Burhalter. <laughs> so, Paul Ariola. Not only does he get the nod, I'm fucking like on a 75%. Like, uh, I'm going to put a 75% guarantee that this motherfucker starts Paul Ariola. I think, I think of all the big four, which are Legit, Acosta. Rolled on Paul Ariola. I think Paul Ariola actually has to start. I, I fucking got, really think he's gonna start. I've got this funny ass. Who's looking Ariola? Yes. Yeah. Same person. Horrible. Oh my god, you saw it too. Yeah, it's horrible. I did we kill myself? We haven't even texted each other about that. Like I said earlier, I've been really, really busy. But holy shit! So he made the comparison that Ariola was the same as Aronson before, and yeah. we literally just said Pulisic and Ariola, meaning. That he's gonna play this game where if Pulisic can't go, he plays Ariola in his stead, which means he's doing the Pulisic is the same as Ariola. <laughs> How mad does that make you, Thomas? And by the way, I'm actually a bigger Pulisic lover than Thomas. <laughs> it, he does love him. He does, but sometimes he hates on him. But he does yes. love him. But I am by and a far and away a much bigger Pulisic fan than he is. How does that make you feel, though? I would fucking... I mean, it's going to be interesting to listen to next week's episode because if that's the fucking starting 11, I swear to God, if Paul Areola... I I, I, I fucking... I I follow MLS. I follow MLS. He hasn't even been playing on DC United. I thought he was hurt. I thought he was hurt. I thought he was fucking hurt, dude. If he if he somehow finds his way into the starting lineup, I swear to God, like I don't know, I don't know if I'll watch the game. <laughs> I might not watch the fucking game. Dude. The, the irony here is, is that the last time he was actually on the starting eleven, everybody freaked out, and he wasn't on the starting eleven. Yeah, he got magically hurt. Yeah, so we'll see. I saw the, I saw this thing. It was like a circle of Greg Berhalter. It was like pick a horrible team. Have a terrible result. Hear all the fucking bullshit that everybody's mad at you, and then play all the players that you fucking like. But like, I think that's what happened. Why Ariola like got a random injury or whatever, fucking, and didn't play that game. But like, uh, yeah. So okay, we said the twenty-five guys, but we have some shots that we that were that were due. Why Utah? All right, so. We got a couple more shots that we have to take because it wasn't just enough to take a shot for the guys that were there, but there's two shots that we have to take for the guys that aren't there. Yes. Because in all honesty, and we've already talked about it once, and I'm going to say it again. (laughs) This window is an easy fucking window when it comes to fitness, when it comes to stamina. So quick one-on-one lesson. When I say fitness, I mean stamina. I mean what's left in the tank. Your tank being full or empty, right? Because we play on Friday and we don't play again 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 until Wednesday and we don't have a third match, the last three windows have been three matches each. 
with one day less rest in between each match, mm-hmm. let alone two matches in an extra day. We front heavied it. We didn't back heavy it. We front heavied it. <laughs> Which means that there could be considerably less rotation here. Yeah. Which means you should be being, bringing the highest potential 17 guys. You yes. don't even need remotely close to 23. You don't. You need 15 to 17. Who are the guys that are missing? All right. So we have one midfielder and we have one attacker. So we're taking a shot for the midfield and for the attack. And the first one is going to be midfield and it is going to be Luca De La Torre. Absolutely. He's fucking playing pour, amazing. Pour, pour one out for Luca. Pour one out for fucking Luca into my mouth. <laughs> All right, so Luca and uh, the other guy is a winger who uh, Berhalter is like, I think his talking point would probably be that he doesn't fit the system. But Corey has gone on and on again about how you fit the system to fit your players. You, you pick your best players and you build a system around them. And that guy is Conrad De La Fuente. Yes. It's it's undeniable. How many minutes does he play for Marseille? Like, he plays all... He plays like a lot is Marseille a bad French Premier League team? No. I mean, are they... Okay, so <laughs> the irony here is in soccer, you break things up into keeper, which is like, like 2%. And then the next 20... 22% or sorry, sorry, 32, 30% or whatever is defensive third, midfield third, attacking third. Like, like the field is split up into thirds. Yes. Right. That league is all like leagues are also split up into thirds. Mm-hmm. Like you have the top third who's usually buying away the most expensive teams mm-hmm. and buying away the best players. Yeah. And then you have a middle third of teams and a bottom third of teams. And 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 some of those middle third of teams seep their way up, and some of the top third of teams seep their way down, and the same at the bottom end of it. But there is generally like a consensus of where you annually establish your place in that league. Where does Marseille fit in that in France? Top third. <laughs> top fucking third. Yes. <laughs> Yes. He's laughing because he knows why I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. And he plays all the time. <sighs> the thing is that he's a verticality. Here heels on the chalk <clears throat> winger. He is a verticality winger. I would have taken him. I would have taken Matt Miazga also. I mean Tim Ream. And not Tim Ream. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we were actually, actually, I do actually like all these center backs more than Tim Ream, which is yeah. why I didn't take a shot for the guys that we had. I only took a shot for the guy that we were missing. Yeah. But <laughs> it was a joke. It was yeah, a joke. I mean, it, okay, okay. So, like, if you just, like, put on film, we're going to put on film. That's what, like, that's what, that's what people like. Just put on some film and watch conrad de la fuente's performances on for marseille he fucking looks good every time i mean it's it's just like a dumb 
this is a dumb non-addition and he could have been there instead of Paul Ariola, Conrad De La Fuente could have been there instead of Roldan, Lejet. I mean, so, I mean, that's just where we're at. This is, that's what Berhalter does, I guess. So we're taking shots for them, right? Shot. Shot. Salud. Shots. Yeah. This is fucking stupid. <laughs> So one of the things that was very evident in uh, this uh, roster selection was that John Brooks was uh, not included and he had a pretty uh, interesting take. And No, no, no. It it. It goes like this. In life and in soccer, nothing is handed to you, nor should it be. The decision to leave me out of this camp isn't surprising, given some of my recent performances for the USMNT. And he's specifically talking about the goal that he gave up down in Honduras in the first half. <clears throat> and then he goes to say, uh, "They uh, aren't; th- those aren't up to my standard. My job now is to work." Work to be the very best that I can be. I feel great about this week's Champions League performance and my recent play with Wolfsburg, which he is right. He's been playing very good for Wolfsburg and will keep building on my performance there. Until I reach my goal of helping the USMNT, I, what, let's say, reach the next, and reach the next World Cup. So he's basically saying that, you know, I did play like shit the last time I played for you guys. So I understand you not wanting to look at me, but I've been playing really well lately. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to stop trying until I get on the team to play in the next World Cup. Exactly. Like his point <coughs> is that he played bad for a minute, but like he plays good all the time uh, when he does play. And, and I mean, whatever. I mean, like that that's kind of like what we've been saying is that that like he's he's a great guy and uh <laughs> no no john brooks is actually we i mean we talked about it earlier john brooks plays a position at a club <laughs> in a league where that position is a premium in that league and he plays that position at a club who does a good job playing that third of the field so He's a center back playing for Wolfsburg, who's a top third team in Bundesliga. And Bundesliga is one of the better. It's it, You can argue Bundesliga versus the English league as the best defensive leagues in, in, in all of soccer. So you're basically either playing in the Big Ten or the SEC as a defensive player. That's what you're doing. Those two, those two leagues in college football are the best defensive leagues. One is because of the Jimmys and Joes, and one is because of the X's and O's, and it doesn't matter. If you're Jimmy Joe, Jimmy and Joe playing in the Big Ten, you're a first-round pick. Okay. If you're an X's and O's guy in the SEC, you're a first-round pick because you're smarter than everybody around you. So, yes. so, 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 it, but it's similar. It is similar in the fact that the English Premier League and the Bundesliga in Germany are the best two defensive leagues. 
he plays at a club who is one of the best top third league teams in Bundesliga at Wolfsburg. And he plays the premier defensive position center back. And he's their best center back who plays all their, he's one of the top seven center backs in Germany. Yes. Top seven center backs in the Bundes fucking Liga. Right on. No, he's a premier player in the world. Yes. We need him on the roster. He has to be on the roster. Has to be. And, like, the thing that's interesting about it is that, like, uh, so John Brooks gets uh, graded on uh, his performance against uh, Honduras. Honduras. In the first half alone. In the first half alone. And then, like, uh, Sebastian Legit and uh, <laughs> Acosta and all those guys, like, they just, like, uh, they're not being graded on the same sort of level you know no 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 these mls guys these mls guys are allowed to play more minutes with more mistakes because they play in ml <clears throat> i think the biggest hot take question is this how many minutes combined are you okay with with roldan legit and <laughs> and areola so mm-hmm. Rodon, Legette, and Ariel combined. No Costa. No, no, fuck Costa. <laughs> I'm just saying those three names combined. How many minutes in the next two matches are you okay with them playing? Because I'm saying zero. I would say zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. Zero. 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 Dos a zero. Dos a zero. Hopefully. All right. Let's move on to the game we're gonna play. Which is against Mexico. All right. I'm going to say this one time. I'm only going to say it one time. Because everything Dom has pointed out before. And that's political environment. And blah, 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 blah. I do not have thin skin. So I will not get offended easily. It's fucking Mexican hate week. (laughs) And it's not because... (coughs) It's not because I hate Mexicans. My wife is Mexican. My wife got her citizenship. What was it? So Kale Kale is now six years old when Kale was two. So four years ago, four years ago, my, there's a picture. There's a picture. I have a picture of her getting her citizenship because I preached to her. I was like, dude, just get your citizenship. Like, you speak perfect English. It's hard to be a first-generation immigrant and speak perfect English because most first-generation immigrants come in after so many years speaking a language to where it's harder to learn a language and they have a thick-ass accent and, you know, people born here and raised here are going to fucking throw a bitch fit about how they can't understand you because you have the slightest accent at all. And they're a bunch of pussies, by the way. It's easy to understand accents. I've had to deal with Somalians. I've had to deal with Mexicans. I've had to deal with Central Americans. I've had to deal with South Americans. It doesn't matter. It just matters how much you want to try to connect. And I'm a good person, so I connect with everybody. (laughs) The whole point here is, if all those things hold true to me, I clearly don't hate Mexicans. They're the hardest working fucking people I've ever met. Their grandmas are the best fucking chefs I've ever met. Yes. I agree with that. They are the, like... 
Here's the thing. I graduated from a small Catholic school in a small Catholic town. And those families two generations ago had fucking 14 and 15 brothers and sisters. And I pray to God Alex Luch listens to this one. Second shout out. DJ, Eric. I don't care which one of you. I don't, I, I don't care. Joe, don't give a fuck. Chubbs, let's go. Doesn't matter. Y'all have grandmas and grandmas, grandmas and grandpas that have fucking 12 brothers and sisters. Because your culture then was the same as this culture now. And they're hard workers. They're great people. I do not hate Mexicans. I love Mexicans. I, I fucking Mexicans. hate El Tree and Andres Guardado. Oh, I got it right, didn't I? Yeah. Did I get it right? You got it. See? Guardado. Oh, no. See? Oh, no. Guardado, yes. Guardado. See? Oh, no. Yes. No, see? See. Oh, no. Simon. Simon way. <laughs> Simone way. Andres Guardado can go fucking shove a dick up his ass. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I fucking hate this guy. He is older than me. And by the way, we had a funny little moment. We took a little break there so we could make sure that that these drinks were feeling us and they're feeling us. I'm I'm all about the hot takes right now. I'm sorry, but guys, but I fucking hate El Tree. I hate Mexican soccer. I am married into a Mexican family, and you don't understand. They look so down on us. My, I have friends that were born here to Mexican international parents, meaning that their parents were born in Mexico, came here, had them here, and they grew up here, and they're younger than me, which means they grew up in an urban public education system here. <laughs> and I grew up in a rural one, like small town shit. And he's a Mexican fan. And I'm going to have him at my house and I'm going to have a blowhorn. And I hope to fucking God we make it 3-0 and in the next three matches. But it ain't going to happen. Burr going to play games. I already know it. Burr Halter's going to play games. And I can't play these games anymore. Because <laughs> I can't lose to Mexico what it means making the World Cup or not. We have yeah. to make the World Cup. The only thing that fucking matters in international soccer is the World Cup, guys. It's the only thing that matters. It'd be like if you were a Bama fan and you knew Nick Saban was your head coach and you didn't make the college football playoff for seven years. <clears throat> as a Bama, even as an Ohio State fan, as a Buckeye fan, you don't make the playoff as it is right now. As it is right now, you don't make the playoff. They make the playoff most years. Yeah, Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Those are the five teams. Mm -hmm. Those are the five teams. If you are a fan of one of those five teams and you don't make the playoff for the next 13 years, you were going to feel like you dropped off off the face of the planet. That is what it fucking feels like if we don't make this fucking World Cup. Two World Cups in a row is program detrimental. Yes. It is It is like Nebraska losing to Iowa seven years in a row and having no hope of fucking beating them. <laughs> You're going to beat us this year. Oh. 
And it's going to be seven in a row. Yes. World Cup's only every four years. Yeah. Not making it two in a row is like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Which means you beat us 12 years in a row. Which is less than twice as much as what you've done already. And I can't even imagine that because I already know how much this hurts. Yeah. Yes. No, it's... It hurt. I'm sorry, but if we do not make the World Cup and Burhalter and his MLS guys have anything to do with it, the FBI is probably going to be able to listen to this podcast and know that they should arrest me. <laughs> and I'm not joking. No. If I ever met him in a dark alleyway and I knew it was Burhalter, I would knock him the fuck out. I would put him in a rear naked choke. <laughs> I would punch him in the fucking temple. If I killed him, I'd go to prison. I would happily accept that prison statement. Yes. Happily. If we don't make the next World Cup, which is literally 10 months from now. Yeah. How close is it? Can you taste it? We got a fucking World Cup, people. Yeah. It's you wait every four years and you get jacked up. And it's now. Yeah. Now's the time. We should already be qualified. Yes. But the talent we have, we should already be qualified. We should. We're not. Hopefully it works out, right? Yes. I will murder Burhalter. Ha, 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 ha.